0: get going this Sunday night um, December the sixth right seventh sixth the sixth okay that reminds me tomorrow's the
1: sixth
0: we didn't get our tickets for the dinner can I just call the office tomorrow okay (laughs) I just uh just went right out of my head okay I'll put you thank you dear oh my goodness father we just praise you tonight thank you Lord thank you for healing that we have the authority and the power to stomp on this stuff And to get it out of our midst, in Jesus' name, we're not receiving it. We receive your healing, and we just speak that your angels are around us to defend us. No evil can overtake us, nor any plague come near our dwelling, for you have commanded those angels to protect us wherever we go. And Lord, we desire desire to reside under that promise and to reside in the protection of those angels, and we thank you um, for so great a salvation that you've given us. Um, Lord, we just give you the praise and the glory for it. And Father, for Tom who's not with us tonight and for um, <clears throat> Bets who's left us and is traveling south, Lord, we just cover them in the blood of Jesus. And for Nancy, Lord, we just pray for for the cows, both of them, Lord, that you would be with them through these holidays and um, give them strength and just just let them feel your presence, Father. And we just recognize you Holy Spirit as the teacher you are so welcome in this place and we just expect to learn from you we expect for you to give us your revelation Lord and we we ask it all in Jesus name and thank you so much for the answers amen, amen.
2: I saw her yesterday and she's looked quite nice and she's good good so. yeah so I had not talked
0: to her in a <laughs> week
1: she's in the grocery store <clears throat>
2: And she looked good. She good could by herself, but
0: she said, "Yeah, we're okay. She said, We're doing okay." Yeah, I don't know if he's still in rehab or not, you. but um, I, I think was that was the rehab? biggest thing. They, yeah, they took him to rehab. He was, he got really sick, and they had taken him to rehab. And but it was a blessing for her, yeah, because she got some rest.
1: Yeah,
0: and um, what kind of
1: sickness. Do you
0: have? Yeah, so I don't know what. Finally, took him to rehab, but it, he has a blood disorder.
1: Oh,
0: and he has to have these continual. Um,
2: oh, okay. Oh, yeah, no coughing in this room.
0: Here, you want some cough drops? I got yeah, thousands.
2: I um,
0: <clears throat> um, Yeah, he has to have these blood transfusions all the time. And he just, you know, he's just. Getting, Losing yeah, strength yeah, getting and getting weakened. Nancy just doesn't have the strength to. Mm-hmm. So we just need to pray for her to have strength and energy and vitality. Cause I miss her.
1: Yeah, I I miss having her, her I here. We really miss. Her.
0: Oh yeah. 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 Bless her heart. Nancy, we miss you if you're listening. <laughs> okay. Well, we started talking about other heavenly beings besides ourselves. We're the ones that bridge between the spirit and the material but in the immaterial there are a lot of characters out there. A lot of creatures that God created. Some of course are fallen and um, I don't want to give them a lot of mention but we just need to know they're out there. Mm -hmm. But more than that we need to remember who we are in Christ Jesus. You know, we're made in the image and likeness of God. We are covered in his glory. You know, we put on Christ Jesus. We are robed in the glory of God. And we have dominion. We have a very specific dominion in this earth realm. And that includes over those angelic beings that have fallen. We have dominion. So we have to stand up and take the dominion. But I think, and, and Hebrews talks about it, we have neglected, um, you know, the ministry of angels, good angels, the the innumerable host of angels that God has, and um, so we just want to um, move on. We talked, I think, the last time we were here, we talked about the enemy. <clears throat> so we're not giving him another minute, and um, so we're going to kind of move on and. You know, if you're just traveling around in the in the spirit realm across dimensions, there are angelic beings that you're going to run into. We well, are going to run into them in the material. Mm-hmm. I fully believe that. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> we've all had experiences. We've all had angelic experiences that we can talk about. <clears throat> so, you know, we can't deny that they're here and they're busy. You know, they have things to do. Um, I think I mentioned. I don't know if you guys saw. Um, The photograph Karen took of the sanctuary, but there are those beautiful light balls all over the sanctuary in that picture. You know, just those angelic spirit beings in that sanctuary when she was up there. And I'm thinking, praise God. You know, they have a role to play there. And um, they're all around us and we need to know it. So, um,. We talk about this innumerable host, thousands upon thousands, ten thousands times ten thousands, um, <clears throat> more than you and I could even fathom. I would say billions, trillions. You know, you know, far more than than we need to be concerned about. Um, he created mankind, and then he intended for the angels to work with us for mankind to fulfill God's plans and purposes in the earth. That was the whole point of the angelic beings and <clears throat> if you you know, if you remember the least shall be the greatest and the greatest shall be the least in the kingdom it's not like the angels are under our feet like our servants. Um, go to Revelations 22. This is really the best picture ever. It's like the next to the last page of the Bible. Actually, it's on the last page. So, there's no way you can go too far. <laughs> and um, look at verse 8. Because this angel, whoever this angelic being is, sums it up perfectly. Look at verse 8. <coughs> and I, John, <coughs> excuse me, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel that showed me these things. And he said to me, see that you do it not, for I am your fellow servant. (coughs) And of your brethren, (coughs) the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. So this angel said, don't bow down and worship me. He is certainly not greater than us. But he said it exactly right. We are the fellow servants. So angels are not subservient to us in the sense that they're under our feet. The fallen spirits are But angels aren't. And they have a certain (coughs) call to their lives and a certain purpose, just like we do. And with that call and that purpose, that's what they have to fulfill. They have a role to play. (coughs) Excuse me. Anyway, they have a role to play. And um, (coughs) just like you and I can't do it all, We need the angels in order for us to be able to do the things that need to be done in this earth. Um, We can't do it without them. We're a team. Okay? Um, There's been a tendency in the church to kind of hierarchy everything God, and then the angels, and then men, you know, and then the fallen beings, or whatever. But kind of that hierarchy, and that's not the way God looks at it. Um. there is God, Elohim, he is the strong head of the house you know, that's the parameter <clears throat> but the rest of us are in the house, we're fellow servants together in the family business, the angels don't have the same place that we have, but that doesn't mean that they're not of equal importance in the kingdom of God, does that make sense? Okay so <clears throat> You have to appreciate them for who they are um I don't want to miss anything here okay when Adam was first created Adam had that freedom to live across the dimensions you know he he could flow from one dimension to the other speaking to Satan was not. Uh, an anomaly to him, because you know he could flow between those dimensions as Satan could, but um when man fell, he really became virtually a one dimensional creation. he had to get to God through sacrifices, through the priesthood <clears throat> through the law. <coughs> There was always that disconnect between the spirit and the material until Jesus came and defeated the enemy and disarmed Satan, took all the power away from him and then restored the relationship that we have with him so that we can now live across dimensions. (coughs) We do it through our imagination, the center of our mind's eye if you will. We do it through our mind's eye. and um, So we have to if you're going to look at angels, you're going to have to look at them through your mind's eye not just necessarily with your physical eye. Every now and then the physical will appear but for the most part you live this by faith. You know it by faith. And you'll experience it by faith. Um. One of the commentaries was this. They are created spirits, immaterial and immortal. Very knowing and very powerful. But you know what? They don't know everything. They don't know the gospel and they they would love to look into that. They don't understand this deal with men. But they would like to. They are swift to do the will of God. Holy and immutable. So being the um, <clears throat> the elect of God and confirmed by Christ and saints are now brought into the state of fellowship with them into the same family and are social worshipers with them. I think that's a cool picture. We are social worshipers with him. The saints have access into heaven where the angels are and with whom they shall dwell forever. And in the present state of things, they share the benefit and advantages of their kind in office. So in the current relationship we have with angels, we share the benefit and the advantages of their presence. Their number is 10,000 times ten thousands and thousands of thousands. <clears throat> and this makes both for the glory and the majesty of God whose attendants they are and for us the comfort and safety of the saints to whom they minister and about whom they encamp because of their service we ought to respect them and esteem them but not worship them Now I, I love that and I love that we are social worshipers with the angels I thought that is very cool It was just a really good picture to me. Um, To me, it kind of gave a a a greater appreciation of of um, our connection to them. Because I don't know about you, but and even out to like yesterday, I was at Walmart. There are two books on the shelf side by side: one about demons, and one about angels. And they're everywhere now. And you don't know, you know what what to take, what to leave. So I tell you, I just, I went right by the word. Whatever was in the word, that's where we are. Um, Of course, I've read a lot, but still, and I will throw in some commentary when necessary, but still, I just think it's important to just stay with the word. I don't want to suppose things um, that aren't like um, in several of the books that I've read in the past. You know, it was assumed that um, Satan was an archangel. But there is nowhere in Scripture that he is given that position. Um, God spoke to um, Isaiah. When Isaiah was writing this down, he said, Speak this over, you know, the prince of Tyre. He said, You are the cherub that covers. He named him clearly as a cherub and that's not a- and that is not an archangel not that he wasn't important because like we said in in God's networking you know there's not just you know ranks but um he was never uh, an archangel not in not in scripture so you know there there's a lot of assumption that goes on so i'm just going to stick right with the word And if somebody can find a word that's different, I'd love to see it. But, um, so we're just going to stay right there. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is the angel of the Lord. Because this one, and there's an angel of the Lord with a little a, and there's an angel of the Lord with a capital A. So I want to talk about the angel of the Lord with a capital A because he's not really an angel. The word there for angel in the Greek, I mean in the Hebrew, <coughs> is Hamalak um, Yahweh, which is like the sent one of God. It's not like the messenger of God, but the sent one. And there's only one that God sent into the world. For God so loved the world, you know, That he gave his only son. It's uh, apostolo in the Greek. Like an apostle. Not a messenger. um, Like Gabriel. So this angel um, is more than um, just a messenger and a servant of God. This one is the sent one. (laughs) How
2: many times was he sent?
0: Well, I think he ministered in the earth before he was sent to become man. And, um, That's right. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So we're going to look at two scriptures that kind of clear this up a little bit. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to look at Abraham. And so we're going to go to Genesis 22. Just two scriptures. There's a lot of them in here, but these are two that we're sort of familiar with. And I can show you the conversation and the pronouns. <clears throat> Twenty-three. Mm-hmm. Let's
1: see, Hebrews 6, I want to get there too.
0: Okay. Um, (coughs) We're gonna just read verse one and two, and then we're gonna skip down to verse ten. Just kind of skip through this. (coughs) Um, This is when um, God told Abraham to take Isaac up on the mountain and slay him. Okay.
1: Would it be easier on your voice if one of us read the scriptures? Um,
0: we can if you want to. You want to read that one? Go for if, it. If
1: you want me to, do one, and sure. two and two. one and
0: two. Sure, one and two. And it came to pass after <clears throat> these things that
1: God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and give, uh, give thee unto the land of Moriah, and get thee unto the land. And offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of.
0: Okay, so there was a voice, all right, and the voice spoke to Abraham and said, You know, take your son. Now go down to verse 10. And Abraham stretched forth
1: his hand and took the knife to slay his son. You want me to continue? Mm -hmm. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither, uh, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and, behold, and beheld behind him a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son.
0: Okay. Um, and now go to 15 through 18.
1: <coughs> and the angel of the Lord called Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because you have have done this thing and have not withheld thy son thine only son that in blessing i will bless thee and in multiplying i will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies and in thy seed shall all the nations (coughs) of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice
0: okay um the voice that kept coming out and telling Abraham, take your son. Then it, then the voice said, stop, because now I know that you have not withheld your only son. So now you, you think, okay, who knows? This angel, what does it matter if the angel knows? But then when you get down to the final part of the conversation, you realize who the angel is. <clears throat> And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham out of heaven the second time and said By myself I have sworn Mm -hmm. says the Lord. For because you have done this thing and have not withheld your only son that in blessing I will bless you. So God identifies himself there as the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord speaks out. He says I have sworn by myself. So in this case the angel of the Lord is the sent one Jesus is representative the voice of God is representative <clears throat> but it's the sent one now look at Exodus 3 Um. Um, While you're looking for that, I want to read in Hebrews the confirmation about the angel of the Lord and who was swearing by who. Um, This is uh, Hebrews 6. I'm just going to read to you. You don't have to go there. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater than to swear by himself, saying, Surely in blessing I will bless you and in multiplying I will multiply you. So after he had patiently endured, he obtained a promise. So the the author of Hebrews confirms that it was the voice of the Lord that swore by himself. So the angel of the Lord in that case was the living God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <clears throat> it's verse 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 13, and 14. Okay, now in Exodus, start with, um, just read the first six verses of Exodus chapter 3. Do you want? Mm-hmm.
1: Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and came to the mountain of the Lord, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush has not burnt. (coughs) And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see God, uh, to see God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the god of Jacob and Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon god
0: okay so in the first in the in verse 2 the first verse 2 talks about the angel of the lord appeared to him in the flames of fire but by the end when the conversation takes place you know that it's god himself i am the god the father of abraham and isaac and jacob Um, so again when you see that the angel of the Lord you you need to be careful about that Um, Hamalik Yahweh is the sent one and he is um, God himself in one form or another Father, Son, and Holy Spirit Okay, it's not hard to believe that Jesus could step out of the burning bush because Daniel saw him step right out of the fiery throne of God you know a man just stepping right out of the fire, so <clears throat> it's not unusual to think that, well, but
1: yeah, who was the angel of the Lord that appeared to Joshua and said uh, that I am the command of the heavenly army so
0: okay, what is that yeah, you're gonna have to you have to look up the Hebrew for that, okay um that angel of the Lord is an angel of the Lord, okay. the leader of the armies. That's Michael, and we'll, oh. you know, we'll talk about that because that's his, that's his domain, if you will. He has a, a, a role and a dominion. But there are times when people talk about the angel of the Lord, and you have to be careful about that translation, so you need to look it up if you're in doubt. But most of the time, if you read through it, you get to the conversation, you can tell who's speaking, and you know right away who it is. But, um, don't confuse the angel of the Lord capital a Hamalik Yahweh with the angels of the Lord, okay um <clears throat> so then that it there is kind of a not a hierarchy, but there are different groups of angels, just like there are different groups of people, and the ones that we know of that are very few are the archangels and um contrary to what scripture says a lot of people have included Satan in that but I have not found a single scripture that called him an archangel I have found him as a a cherub and um, when you read about these cherubs you begin to understand they have a lot of roles and their role is is stretched between the earth and heaven and um, so it would be very easy for him to be the praise leader from earth you know and be that cherub that covers that would be very easy <coughs> for him to be that but if we just look at the archangels um we they're just they're basically two that we know anything about now that doesn't mean that there aren't a billion archangels out there that we don't know about but these two archangels seem to have to do with the history of mankind. Where maybe other archangels have something else to do. I don't know. But there, you know, we have no idea how many archangels there are. We just know of the two that have dealt with human history in some form. Um, There's Raphael and the
2: Apocrypha.
0: Yeah, is the there is. is. Third mm-hmm. archangel. Right, but you know, you don't, some of the Apocrypha apoc- is, I'm okay with, some of it I'm yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. You know, there are a couple others too, but I, just sticking with this, really there's only one that's designated an archangel. Really, only one. And um, that's Michael but um look at Daniel 10 go <clears throat> Daniel 10 and Daniel 12 Gabriel is not really it, scripturally there is no archangel attached to who he is
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And that surprised me. I don't know about you, but that surprised me. Because I've heard it all my life. But really the only angel that's declared to be an archangel is Michael. I tell you what, leave your finger in Daniel 10 and go to Jude 9 first. Right in front of Revelations. and this is the only scripture Jude 9 is the only scripture where anybody is called an archangel which surprised me and honestly if you and i have done a lot of digging. I couldn't find anything on really anything about Gabriel other than he was a messenger of God. A very important messenger. But he's not considered an archangel.
2: And yet I have written in my margin, Archangel Gabriel.
0: Yeah, I do too. I heard that mm-hmm. on a Somewhere. teaching
2: by a well-known
0: preacher. Yeah. And there are several that have done that and have said that, but where they're getting their information, I don't know because <clears throat> it isn't scriptural, mm-hmm. but when I went back and I started reading you know old material that I'd had for years and and the new stuff that's out there, I opened that book on the bookshelf at Walmart just to see what was there, and there was Gabriel listed as an archangel I'm not saying he's not an archangel, but I'm just saying there's no scripture that says he is. Mm-hmm. It is not scriptural. And yet we've been taught that. Okay, Jude 9. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. And that is the only place where even Michael is referred to as the archangel. You guys look it up this week see if you can find anything different in Scripture. I just got, you know, I started looking at all that stuff and I just thought, I'm just putting that away. If it says it in the Word, we're going to talk about it. If it doesn't, I'm not. But um, I'm not discounting their brilliance. But um, I can't find any Scripture that gives any credence to anybody but Michael being an archangel. Archie <coughs> is a word that, you know, that means um, like the, the highest, the highest in authority, the, you know, um, uh, the, prince, uh, the prince or the ruler or whatever. So I would liken Michael to be like, you know, the five star general mm-hmm. in the army the one that God commands and then he does it. Um, okay, now Daniel 10. Flip back to Daniel 10. Excuse me, just in Jude, how do you extract <clears throat> singularity of Archangel in Jude? Well, <clears throat> I don't think you can. That's what I'm asking. What you were saying, that these the Archangel. Well, I'm just saying he's the only one listed in Scripture. There's not anywhere else where it says like Gabriel the archangel, or anywhere else. I'm just saying that this is the only place in Scripture that archangel is used, and it's used in in relationship to Michael. Does that make sense? But it could be that he's one of many. There could be he could be one of millions. Okay. Thank you. But um, it but says, this is what we know by Scripture. It
2: says that in, it's in the book of Enoch that there are seven <clears throat> names given but that's not the scripture that, I mean that's in
0: the apocrypha right yeah right. it's in the there, apocrypha the right and
2: Right.
0: right. Yeah. And, and I don't know you know that's not that's not scripture it's addition to the the catholic bible recognizes it yeah. but um, <clears throat> so the uh, new Jerusalem bible back in the 70's it came out it
2: was they put the apocrypha did it in. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm uncomfortable with that. Um, I, I've, I've read it. I've been through it. But, um, you know, this is what was established well, by the, God as scripture.
2: The Apocrypha has books and, and mm-hmm. verses that have been historically confirmed. <clears throat> yeah. With geography <clears throat> Times, distances, historical right. facts, and then there are other ones that are pure fantasy.
0: That's right, and uh, that's
2: you know they, it would say they went from this place <clears> to that place <throat> in such amount of time, and it's like totally physically impossible. There's a lot of that's things right. in those things that it's pure fantasy.
0: Right, so and you have
2: to really be careful you when do. you read the apocrypha and you make do. sure you're reading a good translation yeah. that details all yeah. the historical confirmation. Yeah,
0: and I, I'm just not comfortable with that. Uh, for some reason our brothers in Christ when they set scripture up put those aside because they were not confirmable or you know they were not um, I don't know whether I don't know what all their criteria were but when our brothers in Christ sat down to put this scripture together they put those aside and um, not that they aren't interesting history they are it's fascinating to read but it isn't gospel. I mean, you know, it isn't what we know is the word. So, yeah, I just kind of avoided that because I thought, I'm just sticking with the word, what says the word, you know, and and like I've said, there could be millions and billions of archangels. But Michael is the only one identified as an archangel.
2: Mm.
0: He's the only one. (coughs) And, um... You know, and the Catholic Church is also given sainthood to the angels. So, you St. Michael, St. Gabriel. I mean, you know, when you get over into that, you're off into, into muck. And um, St. Michael, the archangel, pray to St. Michael, pray to St. You know, I mean, I, I've been there. <clears throat> so, when you, you know, when you get off in that, you're just kind of in the muck. And I, so... I'd rather just stick with what this word says, and then you know you can you can pull in whatever and <clears throat> I am certainly not saying those guys are wrong I'm just saying i don't know, so I'm just going to tell you what I can see in in the word, okay, Daniel 10. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay, in, in this scripture he is not called an archangel but he is called one of the chief priests, chief princes I'm sorry so and it is one of so that kind of leads you to believe that there are more but we don't know them, okay alright, look at verse 12 this angel appeared to Daniel and this is what he said go ahead verse 12 and 13
1: then said he unto me fear not Daniel for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to, um, to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God thy words were heard and I am come for thy words but the But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia.
0: Okay. It says one of the king's princes, Mm -hmm. chief princes, and that's why I say there could be lots more Mm -hmm. than just Michael. But Michael is keenly involved in the history of mankind. Where maybe these other archangels are not so much. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but chief prince Rishon Sar. It means the highest ranking general. The lord, the master, the prince and the ruler. And um, and there were also demonic chief princes. Because it says the prince of and the same word for prince of Persia prince of the kingdom of Persia is the same thing. Rishon Sar. Mm-hmm. And Daniel 12.1 <coughs> the first part of this verse. At that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which stands for the children of your people. Um, Great prince uh, literally means the highest, the exceedingly greatest and mightiest, the master, the general. Um, So I kind of look at him as the five-star general. And maybe these other one of these other princes would be a four-star general. That's kind of the way I'm picturing it. But um, in that, it refers to Michael as standing for Israel. That's his job. He stands for Israel. He defends Israel. <clears throat> and so perhaps it is that um, there are a number of princes, any number of princes. But Michael is the greatest. You know, maybe he is the the mightiest. Um, His name means who is like God, and he is indeed a warrior. Um, He is an executor of judgment on behalf of God in connection with Israel. Always in connection with Israel. Go to Revelations 12. Start with verse 7 okay go with verse
1: 7 uh, yeah and there was war in heaven Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels go off prevailed way not neither was their place found anymore in heaven and the great dragon was cast out the old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast <coughs> out with
0: him. Okay. And this is talking about the ancient war when when Satan chose to make his own throne, Michael cast him out with the other angels. So there you see him as that great warrior Who cast that that angel out of heaven along with his other followers, and cast him down to heaven? Where I mean, down to earth, where they're still (coughs) causing trouble today. Um, it is speculated that it's the Michael Michael the archangel who's going to shout when Jesus comes back to gather his bride, because he is the chief, you know, the chief. Look at first Thessalonians 4. And again, this is a speculation. So, you just have to take things like this and you know, just be careful. I always just say if, if it's in scripture, okay. If it's not, you don't have to totally discount it, but you have to weigh it against what the word says. <clears throat> 'Cause it's so easy to get in the ditch. Okay, first Celeste first bleh. Thank you so much. <laughs> chapter four. First Thessalonians, chapter four. Okay. Just one <clears throat> one verse, I'll read it. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Mm -hmm. It's the voice of the archangel. Mm -hmm. And the only other place you find the word the archangel is in Jude. So there is speculation that Michael is the archangel. Um, At least that's what we have in scripture and that it'll be at his shout um, and the sound of the trumpet that the bride's going to rise. That'd be exciting, wouldn't it? Mm. Come Lord Jesus, that's what I say. So, Michael is sketchy. We know that he stands for the children of Israel. We know that he's at least been involved in two great battles. One, where he cast the angels out of heaven to the earth, The other, where he fought for 21 days, he came and helped um, Gabriel get through to Daniel to bring the word of prophecy to Daniel. Um, So we know that he is in those heavenlies doing warfare. Um, Just looking at our domain, that is not our domain. (coughs) Our domain (coughs) is in this earth realm. And Daniel, when he prayed in fasted, was not doing warfare against evil spirits in high places. He was waiting in faith on God to answer. And God answered from the first day. That's between Daniel and God. Okay? But what goes on in that heavenly realm, that high up, that's not our dominion. You know, our prayers to the Lord God, um, help those angels. If you you want to read some really good fiction um, read um, This Present Darkness and Piercing the Darkness, Mm -hmm. um, Frank Peretti's first two books Mm -hmm. because they are very accurate, (coughs) scripturally very accurate. The prayers of the saints empower the angels to do the job that they're called to do. So that the earth is affected by, by the outcome of what they do. <clears throat> but as far as the battle where um, Satan was cast out, there weren't any saints involved in that. That was just God saying, Michael, sick him. And he did. So um, Michael works outside of our realm. We don't have any, you know, any power over him. However, what he does makes a difference here. You know, what he does makes a difference and affects our lives. Okay, Gabriel, the one who stands in the presence of God, the strong man of God, um, he's really given no rank, at least not in our scriptures. He's often referred to as an archangel, but there's just not any scriptural support for it. Um, What we know is, regardless of whether he's an archangel or not an archangel, He's very prominent in the history of mankind in scripture. Primarily he's a messenger. He appeared to Daniel at least twice. Both times he revealed information about the culmination of the ages. Look at Daniel 8. Back to Daniel. You doing all right over there? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> okay, Daniel 8, start with verse 15. Um, and it came to pass when I, even I, Daniel, had seen the vision and sought for the meaning. Then behold, there stood before me as the appearance of a man, and I heard a man's voice between the banks of the Uli, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. Hmm. So the voice of God called to this man that was standing there and he said Gabriel make this man to know. So Gabriel, he came near and I stood and when he came I was afraid and I fell on my face but he said to me understand son of man for at a time of the end shall be the vision. Now as he was speaking with me I was in a deep sleep on my face toward the ground but he touched me and set me upright. So that's the first time that Daniel was commanded by God I mean, Gabriel was commanded by God right there in front of Daniel to tell him what he needed to know. Now look in chapter 9, verse 20. And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sins of my people Israel and presenting my supplications before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of God. Yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O oh, Daniel, I am now come forth to give you skill and understanding. Mm-hmm. So Gabriel appeared. <clears throat> to Daniel, but then you don't see him again, you know, for a very long time, about 600 years roughly. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden he shows up in Luke chapter 1. Go to Luke chapter 1. You know, and I haven't looked at his messages.
1: You know, it's sort of like Michael fights for God and Gabriel speaks for God.
0: Yeah, good way to look at it. Good way to look at it. And it's always at a turning point in history. Because Daniel was the one that was alive when um, Darius speaks the words to send the children back to Israel. Huge turning point in history. So when Gabriel appeared to explain to him, he was really talking about the end of all times, but at the same time he shows up at that huge point in history, just like Michael shows up at huge points in history. You're right. Um, you're absolutely right. <coughs> um, let's see where I want to go here. Um, hmm. Luke one. Look at verse eight. <coughs> <coughs> okay
1: do you want me to read
0: uh yeah go ahead
1: and it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before god in the order of his course according to the custom of the priest's office his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the lord and the whole multitude of people were praying without without at the time of incense and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And
0: Yeah, keep reading, go to verse shalt- 20. Okay, and thou shalt
1: have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years. Here we go. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. Okay, so
0: Gabriel shows up to Zacharias, then go to verse 26. <coughs> Gabriel really busy these days. And in the sixth
1: month, the angel Gabriel was sent <coughs> from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth. For thou hast found favor with God.
0: You know what I find interesting about this? Um, looking at Daniel and then looking at this, when Daniel saw the angel Gabriel, he was overcome. He fell flat on his face uh-huh. and was unconscious. And the angel had to bring him back. But Zechariah... <clears throat> Maybe was shocked, and Mary was shocked, but neither one of them was overcome with great fear. You know, they weren't um, frightened by the appearance of of Gabriel, where Daniel seemed to be. And yet, in all these cases, that he appeared like the appearance of a man. And um, so I wondered, you know, what the difference is there. I have no earthly idea. But I just wonder what the difference is. And really, that's all we know about Gabriel. When you read the rest of scripture, he doesn't pop up anywhere else. But he shows up in those three places. and um, So whether or not he's an archangel, it isn't said. He says, I am the one that stands in the presence of God. And he and he seems to be the one to deliver the message. And he's very much, when he appears to us, like a man. Um, it doesn't speak to all the, you know, the exorbitant descriptions of like the seraphim and the cherubim and and all that. he appears like a man. Now, what he looks like in the spirit, I don't know. <coughs> but I know that when these people saw him, He looked like a man. So, but, you know, even with that, we don't know a whole lot about him. Other than that. Now, I I know that, you know, as a kid, I used to hear stories about the angel Gabriel taking care of the children and the angel Gabriel doing a lot of things. But, you know, when you get older and you start to read scripture, it's just not there. But the one that really shocked me the most, and here I am, all these years in. Was that nowhere in scripture does it mention a, the angel Gabriel as an archangel. Mm-hmm. Nowhere. In the Apocrypha, and that's it. But it it doesn't mention it in our scripture. And yet we assume that to be the case. I don't know, but that he isn't created to do, you know, something entirely different. That you have a one general yeah, for all the armies, you have one angel that stands in the face of God that has to do with determining the outcome of the history of human race? I don't know.
2: I not you just think, though, because <clears> he was the <throat> spokesperson,
0: yeah. spokesman,
2: yeah. in angelic form for God, that he wasn't yeah. just any type of angel. Right. That he would have to be a general.
0: A very unique, special angel. Have to Why?
2: he be mm. an archangel because mm. of the Level of responsibility mm-hmm. and effect
0: that he had, mm-hmm.
2: and that's probably why it's assumed.
0: It probably is why Unless it's assumed. Unless
2: there's an original <clears throat> Hebrew or Greek word in the original writings that
0: that's not there, and, and as much as I read, that way. I didn't find it. But um, if you find anything, let me know. <clears throat> but that's just kind of, you know, what I know. And these two angels seem to be more. Directly in contact with the earth, with God's direction, than with the throne of God. All the other angels we hear about, you know, like the seraphim and the cherubim, are directly tied to the throne of God, the throne room of God. And um, <clears throat> so we won't get into the cherubim and the seraphim tonight. But I want to share a little bit with you. And this is, you know, what I'm about to say. That and a dollar will get you a cup of coffee at Sheets. So that's how much this is worth. But I know I'm like pretty good. Okay. I like it. So this is the way it is. We're about to step over into now all those experiences which are the throne room of God. And I we call it the Holy of Holies, you know. And um I read so many commentaries on it and Yes, there is the heavenly temple and there is the holy of holies in the heavenly temple and God is enthroned in the holy of holies. But that picture, I struggle with that when I think about that picture of God being omnipresent, you know, so that everything is created in him, out of him, by him, for him. Um, so, if you're trying to think, well, geographically, we're in a new paradigm. At least I'm in a new paradigm. Because I never, you know, I never really thought about it, I never comprehended that God is so large he doesn't fit in a container anywhere. I mean, I always just could picture him sitting up in a building somewhere in heaven. Maybe it was a spirit building, but it was a building. And then you begin to read and you realize that he's uncontainable. That everything that it that is made is made in him, out of him and um, for him. So if all of us are in him, if the kingdom of God in its entirety is in him, the kingdom of heaven in its entirety is in him, spirit and um material, then where is the throne of God? Where is that place in God, that place of perfection? And um, I just have come to believe that it is the heart of God. Right at his heart is where the throne is, the Holy of Holies. Is at that place. And when you start to think about. When I got to that point And I'm going Lord. You know I don't know where it is. But let's just say it's at the heart. Because he loves us with a white hot love. With the fire. The, the white hot is the hottest. And if that's it. It's the center of his heart. Is where that love is. And that would have to be where his throne is. Jesus stepped out of God from the throne, you know, he left the throne and came to earth because God so loved. And so <clears throat> if you begin to think about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven as a whole, and in the kingdom of heaven as a whole, there is a spiritual temple, but in the holy of holies, is the, it's the heart of God the very nature of God, that fiery, white-hot love, that hot, boiling, roiling, fiery love of God, right in the center, right in his heart. Then it's easier to picture (coughs) the whole temple because the kingdom of heaven is good and bad. It's everything, remember? There's evil in it and there's good in it. Everything is in the kingdom of heaven. So if in all of the kingdom of heaven you take the temple, just just the type of the temple, okay. You have the outer temple, which that is for believers and non-believers. That outer court, anybody can tramp around in the outer courts. So if you think about the kingdom of heaven having, you know, as the temple There are those people who trample the outer courts that are not believers. Believers, non-believers alike, tread the outer court. Okay. Then you come to the inner sanctuary and that was for the serious believers. For those who had given their hearts to the Lord, who had made their sacrifices, who were serious uh, believers in the temple. So only the serious believers could go there. The inner sanctuary is where we are. We still have those feet of clay that connects us to that outer court. But we also, because of our faith and because of our living spirit now, we're able to traverse across the dimensions and we're able to enter that place of, of holiness outside the Holy of Holies. But that place of pure perfection pure perfection where only the high priest goes for right now, where only Jesus Christ resides right now is in the holy of holies. And that's in the very heart of God. So when I started to kind of think about it like that um, if we're raptured or whether we pass on we move right into the holy of holies totally into the holy of holies right now we can, we have an intimacy with god you know the the curtain is rent open and the holy of holies is open to us but the, but the very throne of god right there at the feet of the throne of god is that total perfection the place where no evil can get where there is nothing but perfection in god that's for for the saints when we 're either raptured or when we um, you know we pass on we leave this mortal body behind. this is baggage that kind of holds us back, holds us toward the outer gate mm-hmm. you know outer part of the temple. but when we pass on, we go right into that fiery white hot heart of God where there's total perfection and um you know, we see that in Revelations when John is lifted up into the throne room, and um, there are all the saints under the altar there, you know, that have been uh, massacred during the tribulation. But they're all in that place of holiness, that perfect place of holiness with God. But so are the rest of us um, in that place. Now, the interesting thing about that is is that those people who are in that holy of holies are still concerned with the earth. They still have concern with what goes on here. Those under the throne are crying out, when are you going to bring justice? When are you going to do that? But the others that are in that perfect place um, um, still have concern about this earth. And, and so, um, while y- you know you're in a place that's inaccessible as far as your material body goes, in that place of perfection, you still have a connection and a love for and a concern about um, what's going on in the earth. You think about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, <coughs> and Jesus said, Man, they rejoiced when I came. When I stepped out of that throne, out of that fiery place, and I came to earth, those guys were rejoicing. and um <clears throat> so to me, if I'm gonna try to put the throne somewhere, that's where I'm gonna put it. Um like I said, that in a dollar I'll buy you a cup of coffee at sheets. Mm-hmm. But um I think just for me, I had to kind of clear that up before we start studying these other angels, you know, the seraphim and the cherubim and that sort of thing. Um, Because then if you think about the stretch between the material world, the earth, which is clearly the heavens and the earth, that's the way God divided it. If you get there, then you can see how the angels can be connected with the earth and still be able to be in the presence of the living God if, if you look at it as if it's the temple, you know, that the outer court is still this earth that's fallen and imperfect, but the angels go between, you know, they go between the throne room and the earth and they minister as they go, but it isn't like <clears throat> um, it isn't like they're, uh, you know, in some other dimension and they have to fly down and you know, and fly back like we we think of it, but rather it's just this connectedness that we have, you know, with the throne of God, and um, I think it flows much easier than we give it credit for flowing, and um, I think we ought to be taking more advantage of the flow, you know, than we do. But um, anyway, I'm going to leave it at that time. We're just going to quit. But. Um, yeah, if you find any, you know, if you do some research, if you find something good, let me know because I'm swimming. <coughs> I mean, I'm having a good time, but I'm just swimming through it like the rest of you. So, um, And now next week, <coughs> I'll be here. <coughs> but then the next two weeks, well, one is Christmas. You know, the weekend after Christmas, so we won't meet then anyway. But the 20th, um, I won't be here. So we won't meet the twentieth or the twenty twenty seventh. Yeah. So we won't be meeting those two. I can't get I just can't get these days. I just can't wrap my mind around believe them. it. Uh uh-uh. just two Sundays <coughs>
1: before
0: Christmas. Oh me either. I'm almost to the point of panic. <laughs> panic mode. Oh, <thank> <coughs> well I have to be
1: in here.
0: Yeah, me too. I gotta get on it, get cracking here. So, okay guys. <coughs> Let's just the oh. <laughs>